exacts a correspondingly extraordinary price. That's what battle fatigue was. The overdrawing on men's emotional current accounts. You, Captain Roche, you are probably well adjusted for normal withdrawals, but not for the contempt in which your French colleagues now hold the British since the Suez business. The only Frenchman who frightened Roche was Jean-Paul, and he wasn't at all sure that Jean-Paul was actually French. It was the comrades who sickened him. But I'm not going to pack you back to England. That would only scar you permanently. If you run away now, you'll run away again. God picked up his fountain pen. Now, I'm going to give you a month's leave. Go and find the sun in the south somewhere and laze in it. He looked up again quickly. I see you're not married. Have you got a girlfriend? If so, take her. If not, get one, right? Roche was speechless. I'll give you a tonic and take that too, but go easy on the alcohol. I want you mended, not drugged. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Roche needed a drink badly now. But stay in France. Your French is fluent, I take it? Yes, sir. His fluent French, thought Roche, was probably why he was still here. Why France? Because most of your problem is here, and you've got to come to terms with it. Take the girlfriend, take the tonic, and take a month. God passed a month across the desk to him. And come back and see me in five weeks. Five minutes later, Roche had the shakes again right on the street outside God's house, and worse than before. And five minutes after that, he was fortifying himself in the cafe bar at the corner, in preparation before phoning in to Major Balance. He stared into the drink, trying not to drink it because he already needed another one. A genuine illness, if not an actual disease, might have been enough to put Jean-Paul off. But what he'd got was the shakes, and a month to get rid of them, which was worse, because in a month they'd be worse too. And then, or very soon, Jean-Paul would see them. And then it wouldn't be a tonic and a month's leave, because it would be a matter of Jean-Paul's preservation. He had drunk the drink, and the waiter, who knew his man, filled his glass without being asked. God had been right about one thing. It was a sort of disease even if it wasn't some bloody pyrexia of unknown origin. He had caught it on a beach in Japan, and it had been feeding on him for six years without his knowing about it, and then without his understanding the symptoms he had experienced. Not until the first authentic reports had come out of Hungary had he begun to add the facts to those symptoms. But causes hardly mattered now. All that mattered was the progression of the shakes from his hands to his face, because when that happened, Jean-Paul was bound to recognise the telltale signs which he must be trained to spot. He left his second drink half-finished and found the phone. Rosh here. Bill? How are you, young David? What did the quack say? He's given me a tonic, Bill. Major Balance started to laugh but the laugh turned into a paroxysm of coughing before Roche could add his month's leave to the tonic. Roche waited for the noise to subside. Bill? Tonic! Major Balance managed at last, still wheezing. 
then you will allow me to add a little gin to it. Export gin. What? Most urgent from London for Captain Roche. Somebody up there loves you after all. It was too early for Bill to start drinking. What do you mean, Bill? I mean, you've got a posting, and a very good one, too. It couldn't have happened to a nicer chap. Roche leaned against the wall. A posting? That's what it amounts to. They want to see you there tomorrow morning at 1100 hours. A nice, civilized time. Fismo 1100 hours, best bib and tucker. Roche's hand started to shake again. What's so good about that, Bill? Maybe they're going to bowl a hat me. That would be the day. But something worse was far more likely. Not what, but who, David, and where?